Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Happy New Year. It is 2023 and I'm Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Josh is there, still resplendent, even in the new year, in his Soho House style office. Hello, Josh. Happy New Year, Boyd. Great Happy to new be year. back. Another Wonderful. year. You were really kind in inviting me in club level and I couldn't mm. take you up on your kind offer. Um, okay. I trust someone else. Uh, someone yes. else came with you. Yes, yes, we had a friend, uh, Dom, Dom and a mate. Uh, yeah, we had a lovely time. Was there a pre-match Islington dinner experience this time? No, they. I think some people went to Shay, the Shay, um, watering hole. But I was working, and so I had to kind of get there just before kickoff, basically. Uh, yeah, but it was nice. It was good. And Jeff was. We've got Jeff with us. Yeah. Hello, Jeff. The one and only. Gentlemen, the honourable gentleman. It's lovely to see you again and happy new day to both. Happy new This year. is a, a rare moment. Jeff's in the country that we've yes. caught him. We have. Spends most of his time on holiday. He's usually swimming around in exotic climes, but Jeff, yes. Jeff is here. Did you? Were Funny, you in the match? I was indeed, yes. Yeah, Excellent. great. I really enjoyed it. With apologies to the listeners, though, I've got to get this in very, very, very importantly. I've let the listeners down. It's my fault. But we didn't do a prediction for the Newcastle game because we didn't really take into account the fact that we probably wouldn't have time to do a podcast between the Brighton game and the Newcastle game. So we completely failed to do that. And obviously, predictions are the most important thing about this podcast. I think if I if we had have done a prediction, I would have predicted nil-nil, though, obviously. I would have got it absolutely right. Um, but we should so we talk a bit, we should talk about the Brighton game, we should talk about the Newcastle game, generally where we are. Um, how Jeff, what was your feeling? I mean, it was frustrating, wasn't it, that game on many levels. The fact that Newcastle kind of stifled us. We didn't have enough, I think, I don't know, creativity in the final ball, whatever, to to penetrate them. But yeah. 
it was still we can't complain that much, can we? We're top of the league currently, eight points. Man City got to play Chelsea. Who knows what happened in that game? We never in a million years thought we'd be top of the league at this point in this season. So we have to be pretty thankful, don't we, that we kind of even even drew nil nil with Newcastle were in third. Hundred percent. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I take it as a compliment. To be fair, that it's. It's how far we've become a team that's doing as well as Newcastle, which they are, you know, you can see it at the moment. They've, they've vastly improved. They turn up like prime Stoke or Bolton from, from back in the day. Um, the, the, way, the, way, the way Eddie Howe set them up with their masterclass of, pardon me, shithousery and time-wasting and systematic rotational fouling. Um, ten men behind the ball. They, they, we had no space to run in behind. We had no space in midfield. But to be honest with you, I was really, really impressed. I watched the game again today, the whole match, because mm. it, it was very raucous. Being at the, was you, you was there, boy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it was really raucous. I was up in the east upper. <clears throat> yeah. On the halfway line, it was there was great, great view, and. It was very raucous, uh, and it seemed that the referee was making a right complete fuck up of it. Uh, but watching it on the TV, it was it was much calmer, uh, and uh, of course you can you can see a lot more when you're watching it on the TV. Really, in the OR, uh, you know, at the game you get caught up in the emotion and stuff. But mm. I thought we was seeing it back again. I thought we was brilliant. We really really played well. Uh, we was just a whisker away mm. from. You know, just that final ball, couple of balls was fisted in sometimes. Then, you know, I think Chaka had a, a couple of ones that went just past his foot. And yeah, we was it, we wasn't unlucky, but we was just a little bit unfortunate. On another day, we we could have we could have won that game, maybe two or even three, because I don't think Newcastle really. I don't think they they got caught in the headlights. They set up, they set up really really well. They're strong, played it aggressive. Um, but we we just we just dominated the game. I think from from start to finish. Um, yeah. Did you, oh, did yeah. You, you obviously saw it, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I was there, and you, you're right about the atmosphere. It was a bit on edge, and I think that played into the Newcastle hands, to be honest, because I think that's exactly what Eddie Howe instructed his team to do: frustrate Arsenal, frustrate the crowd. And I'm not sure Arteta getting so animated on the mm. sidelines is a great thing. Um, yeah, he, he looked as agitated as I've ever seen him, and I'm quite far away from him. Boy, you've got a better view of him from oh. your your angle. He really looked agitated. He was absolutely up and down um, on the touchline, screaming, shouting, gesticulating as madly as I've, as I've ever seen him. And before, I mean, a couple of years ago, you know when in the dark days before he turned everything around magnificently as he's done. He used to do this a lot. He used to get quite ca- carried away. And um, and, I, and I always thought it didn't necessarily help the team when he's losing it. And he really did lose it. And I think that carried on after the after the match with his whole thing about the the insane penalties. What did he call them? The scandalous penalties when only one of them... The handball was just not a penalty. And so... His, I, I agree. I think, as you as you're alluding to, I don't think he helped. I mean, I'm not slagging him off. I'm just mildly observing that I don't think he helped the composure of the players with his, shall we call them, antics. 
100%. I'm with you. Mm. I don't think he did. And Arsenal are most neutrals team at the moment, right, in terms of the the title. I think a lot of fans of other clubs I speak to are really glad to see a genuine Premier League title race that isn't Liverpool and Man City. And we're a really likeable team, but I'm not sure that Arteta's actions were, you know, incredibly likeable. They were hardcore from the Pep Guardiola school of, you know, uh, frustration and animosity that he um, he so often displays. And you're right. I mean, the interviews that he gave, and, it, and it's that classic thing where if you sometimes go around and Arteta, of course, has to do the interview with Sky Sports, and then he'll do the international one, and then he'll go on the radio. And I kind of heard him across the the broadcasters, and it is the exactly same message about these scandalous decisions mm. that were made. And I don't think you can call them... Um, Scandalous. I did even notice um, Gabrielle on his Twitter um, yeah. immediately put out the, the clip, which it just seems a bit, a little bit small time, uh, possibly if we're if we're doing that. And I think we could concentrate on. Um, on I'll other tell aspects. you what. But I'll I, tell you what, what's interesting about that Gabrielle foul, which was an absolute hundred percent foul. I mean, that was that was I I saw that with the naked eye in real time, and I was slightly confused because. Um, because Eddie kind of fell over as well in that same, just standing next to him um, when um, Gabriel was brought down. So I thought the initially the foul was on Eddie, and then I saw, and then I came back home, watched it on TV, and saw it was all involving, but involving Gabriel. But it was an absolute clear shirt pull. He's literally pulling the shirt practically over his head, and it was grotesquely unfair not to give that thing. But what's interesting is there's something about the angle of it because I listened to Ian Dennis on Five Live on the bus home from the match. And he didn't even notice that foul. He literally, um, Kelly Cates was asking him about what, um, they were talking about what um, what the Eteta was going on about, which two fouls. And they didn't even realise what the foul was against Gabriel at all. That's how much they just did not notice it. And in fact, when you watch back on TV, Jeff, as you, I watched it all back on TV as well, even live, they didn't notice it either. And in fact, Gary Neville kind of comes back to that incident, doesn't he? If you, on, on the, yeah. I don't know if you watch it on Sky, five minutes later saying, oh, by the way, this happened. There was this yeah. very, very clear call for a penalty. So you almost can't, I can forgive in a way. I think the referee, I'll talk about the referee in a minute, but that particular incident is weird that a lot of people didn't actually notice it. I think there was a lot, I'll tell you what it is, that, that game last night for me was, we had a lot of tension going into it because obviously, uh, yeah. you know, the, the previous one, so that was maybe the Spurs game where we've come so far in such a short space of time, it was a very, very important game for both teams yeah. and a lot of tension. And I think what the problem is, I think what Arteta was, was it's it just, there's no consistency because we've seen many, many penalties being given for the same type of stuff and handballs as well. I don't think it was a handball, that second one either, by the way, to be honest with you, but uh, no. we've seen them given. And I think it's the inconsistency. And where there's so much riding on it, you know, to go, to, was it 11 points we'd have gone? On 10, 10 or 11 points we'd have gone 10. clear, wouldn't we? Yeah, 10, 10 points. 10. And yeah. um, where there was maybe, and, it, and it's hard, you know, you can imagine straight after the match, you're interviewed. <laughs> yeah. It must be very, very difficult. <laughs> I know. I, 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 You're right. And, and, and I mean, you made the point, Joshua, that it's, it's from the Pep playbook. And of course, I mean, it's all very well being annoyed by Pep's antics as well. 
But he, you know, they win the championship most of the time. They win the Premier League most of the time. So it's not like it's have a det- it doesn't have a detrimental effect on Man City players. But I just wonder with with Arteta, it's slight. It feels slightly different. He feels I always feel with Pep, it's it's kind of slightly contrived. He's when he gets angry and over the top, and he does, he's kind of about a minute later he completely calms down and he's fairly placid. Whereas with Arteta, I felt like he really, really lost it at the end of that game. Like there was the five-minute injury time moment. He was furious about that. Again, quite rightly, if that had been in the World Cup, it would have been like 12 minutes, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. there was so much time wasting. It was comical. So I mean, incidentally, sorry to cut. Yeah, go on. There go was on. a stat that went out today in the actual game. Yeah. There was only there was 53 minutes of football played. Right. And that is yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's acceptable. No, you know. um, but I think he did absolutely lose it, Arteta, and 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 that's what I don't think necessary. And while while the game's still on, and what you re- what we needed in in the last, particularly in that last 10, 15 minutes of the game, is composure. We needed, you know, when it got when when all the players, quite a few of the players, including Zaka, that last kick of the game when he kicked it way over. Yeah, I mean, we all love Zaka; he's absolutely magnificent. But that was like a showed a lack of composure that I think he's really dealt with. In recent times, and right in the begin, early on in the game, I think um, Odegaard had a chance, didn't he? That he kind of smashed over. Generally, they looked. I thought the players were tense. As to your point about tension, you're right. They were players were tense. Arteta was tense. The fans, we were tense, and it was all a bit much. Josh, yeah, and just to give context to Jeff's point there, the average. Um, time the ball is in play in a Premier League game is about 61 minutes. So we were about eight, eight minutes off yesterday, which is obviously a huge, huge percentage across a game. Uh, although I'm not sure if we would have scored even with another eight minutes of, uh, of football yesterday's touch was Newcastle's solidity in a way that I think you have to admire. And they were probably the most organised team we've seen at the oh, yeah. uh, you know in, in the Premier League this year. I think that was the toughest game we've had because you look at the other games, we dropped points, Man United away, and you came across thinking, well, we could have taken at least a point here today, maybe won the game, and then Southampton away. You know, we you know ended up not winning against one of the weakest teams in the Premier League this season. So um, I didn't feel too despondent coming away from the ground yesterday. But your point there about Odegaard and Xhaka and a bit of composure... It was just slightly off all night, I thought. Mm. Just a slight radar of passing. Things were a bit under-hit, a bit over-hit, and cutbacks were just missing. And and it it wasn't just quite going our way. And again, you have to admire what Eddie Howe did. Um, There were not that many... You know, it wasn't one of those nights at the Emirates, was it? Where he came away and went, oh, what a chance. How did he miss this one? How did that player miss that? You really just just had to sort of hold your hands up and go, we had a couple of half chances. We were probably at our best for the first... 10 minutes of the game and after that it was you know it, it was great look but that is a game that you know in years gone by we might have lost as well oh yeah yeah Newcastle were waiting for a free kick they got triple yeah. one of the best deliveries in the Premier League they put on Chris Wood at the end who was always going to win everything in the air and um and in the end I think you go four points out of Brighton and Newcastle this time of year going into a little break with the FA Cup, it, it really isn't the end of the world. I mean, obviously, we'd all have grabbed what the league table looks like. So I just think we 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 move on. And it's so rare that a team keeps us out. I think we only didn't score at home in the Premier League twice in the whole of 2022. I think we drew, drew with Burnley, nil-nil, and we lost to Liverpool 2-0 at home in the league last year. Obviously, it's our first points dropped at home in the league all year. I just think, you know, the frustration by the time I'd got to my car yesterday was was almost over and an, an acceptance and, you know, 
a few of these players looked like they needed a break, and we should probably come on to the how bereft yeah. our talent on the bench. And, and it's look- an interesting point. Gary Neville made it in commentary. I don't know what you you, you probably would have heard this back about. I, I don't know if he made it in commentary after the game, but almost like acknowledging we've spent thirty four million oh, yeah. on on yeah. Vieira yeah. and decided that even when you can't break a team down. He isn't the answer, and the only sub you do is is Tommy Yasu for Ben White, who had another good night. Ben White. Yeah. Oh, the whole that. I mean, I, we were talking about watching the game. You know, he wasn't even close to making any substitutions apart from the Tommy Yasu one. He clearly does not. He did not. And I think you can't blame him. I think in this situation because it was such an equilibrium, wasn't it? It was like, well, who do you take off? Because. Martinelli and Sakamanov had their most amazing games. I mean, I thought it was incredible. Newcastle doubled, tripled up on, on Saka at various yeah. moments. I, I couldn't work out how they had two players, sometimes three players on him. But, and yet they didn't seem to leave much space. It was like they had 13 players at one point. I, I couldn't work out how we couldn't take advantage of the fact that they assigned so many players to our to our wingers. But it, it, he clearly wasn't even thinking about bringing on Vieira. And we just didn't have any other options on the bench. And this is where... I think the whole thing is on a knife edge, isn't it, as to our, our season, because they really need to strengthen. Like that, for me, like not having any attacking options, really. I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe will be back soon, hopefully. I know he's in training, wasn't he, um, uh, the other day. So that's brilliant news. But we really need some other options up front. When they're completely knackered, like the, our whole front line looked exhausted. And I don't blame them. They worked so hard. Eddie had already was exhausted. Jeff, I think, you know... Well, I don't the whole know, front came... line, yeah, the whole on. front line have played three games on the spin, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, in quick succession. Yeah, uh, and you are right. We're, we're short. We are short, and but now's the time. It, it, you know, we we need we we do need we do need uh, decent replacements to come on. We do need to strengthen up that bench because yeah. we probably won't be in this position again for for a while. You know, if yeah. it comes on. Uh, you know, Newcastle are going to, obviously going to get stronger. You know, Liverpool are not going to be like they was this year, next year, or the year after. You know, United, they're coming back strong now. Now is the time. We need to somehow find find some strength in depth where we could, uh, you know, go to, you know, 18, 17, 18 players rather than the 15 that we've got because we do need, uh, and, and like I say, now is the time. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Completely. I, I, it's funny because we're still linked with Mudrick. That seems to be the most pos- advanced, you know, negotiation every day. It's like, you know, we're offering a bit more money. And it seems, and initially I was like, well, do we need him? Do we need another really fast, skillful, wide player, wide attacking player? But then uh, last night I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we do. Because just because you just need the strength in depth, don't you? And um, so I've completely changed my mind on that. And I now think we should pay... However much, you know, if it costs 60, whatever million, I mean, go for it. Because you're right. It's weird, isn't it? You're in the situation, because Ian Wright said something the other day, didn't he? Ian Wright said something like, I'm paraphrasing, Arsenal fans should just enjoy this, you know, and not get too wound up, I think was his kind of message, you know, about when we, if we drop two points, you know, if we have a game where not everyone's playing as well as they have been, you know, Odegaard didn't have his best game, I didn't think, yesterday after that amazing performance against Brighton with that pass. But I think I take Ian Wright's point and, and I love him and everything. But actually, I think it's human, isn't it, nature, when you're a fan of, of a club like Arsenal, as you say, Jeff, when you yeah. suddenly find yourself in this position, it's such an amazing opportunity. I now will be 
absolutely gutted if we finish anything lower than second, and certainly if we don't maintain this 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 fight for the for the for the title. Because you're right. How who knows when we're going to be in this position again? I think long term. Like I don't, I, I'm completely um, I'm completely confident. That Arteta and 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 this these young players will carry on being a great team for years and years to come. I think it's a brilliant you know setup we have, and I think huge credit to him and the club really for having this core group of players. But I do think it's literally that first team, isn't it? It's like as soon as you go to these subs, both I think defensively and in the midfield, in, in all areas, it's a massive it's a massive dip, and I think that is what. You know, as 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 fans, we have a right to expect that we take try and take advantage of this position we're in and strengthen the squad as much as we possibly can. I've made my pronouncement. Let's uh, we'll take a quick break, um, and we'll uh, carry on after the after the after the ads. And I want to talk a little bit about the referee. And we're back. From the break, oh, the referee. I mean, we've alluded to it, and I don't. I'm not. I, I, mean, I hope I'm not one of those people who blames the referee on everything. And you know, we've 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 alluded to the fact that Arteta, the handball thing, was not was fine. It wasn't handball, but it was one of the most appalling <laughs> refereeing displays I can remember. The it was just. I know. Again, this is an overused cliche word. The inconsistency was almost extraordinary. Like. There was that period in the first half where he started booking everyone, right? Yeah. Both both teams, both teams. And it would be, there'll be one foul where the player pretty much touched the ball and taken out the other the other player and they got they got booking. There are other times where there's like players are being scythed down, no not touching the ball at all, and they weren't booked. The the incident with the penalty where he was being held, like that happened two or three times and people were booked for it at other parts of the pitch. It was just he was just a mess. I felt like and he almost looked like he just couldn't cope. I don't know whether it was the rain, it was like windy and raining and it was tense and all of that. It was just I, I mean I felt sorry for him, but it was quite astonishing to see him, as far as I could see, completely lose all sense of consistency in what well, he was I met, doing. I met, um, incidentally, I met our friend Alan Algar on the way out of oh. the Emirates last uh, night. Looking wonderful. well with his son, Matthew, safe hands. Uh, big up, Matthew. And he, he pointed Hello, Matthew. out to me, um, um, Bobby Madley, the referee, wasn't it? Yeah. Madley, yeah. That's the guy that was relegated to... The championship for a whole uh, season last season was it okay? Because he oh, made there you so go. many so many fuck ups, but um, <laughs> I mean it was it was catastrophic at one stage. He totally lost control. Yeah, and it seemed seemed to me like Trippier was refing the game. Oh, Trippier one, having a long chat with him, wasn't he? You're right, Trippier. On stage, I was thinking, why are you talking to this dumbass? Yeah, Just get on with the game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so frustrating. But it was that's why it was very raucous. It was around that time. It was mad inside the stadium. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, no, you're right. We we you know, but we we can't blame referees. We we we, we really no, I'm not. With it. You know, I know, I, I know you're not. But yeah, uh, but it, it does, it's just frustrating sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it was particularly mad though, Josh. And didn't you think like his his performance was particularly just just crazy? Like, <laughs> don't know what he was thinking half the time. Yeah, he he did seem to just go into a little flurry of, uh, of of bookings and slightly getting wrapped up into it. But I think this all plays into what Newcastle were were looking for. There was even a really weird moment where Almiron 
I think was just trying to be an idiot and standing on the line yeah. where he'd, yeah. he'd drawn. Yeah. And just, I think, assuming he wouldn't get booked and he would just delay yeah. the game a bit more, take another five, ten seconds. And credit to him, at least he did get his yellow card out for that. And even once he'd given it, Almiron was like pretending that he didn't know um, what was going on. But, you know, that suddenly takes a minute, a genuine whole minute out of the game just to slow it down and let everyone reset. So um, I don't think he was helped by Newcastle's antics. But, yeah, there were definitely moments, as, as you said it, of of inconsistency. I mean, yeah, you, that, you, you touched... Sorry, just the Almiron moment was hilarious because that was like a complete symbol, an indictment of how the extent to which the players did not have any respect for that referee whatsoever. It was like Almiron did not give a shit. It was almost yeah. like he was going, I'm going to do this just because you're a fucking idiot. And I'm going to piss you off and I don't care. It, it was a, almost a throwout to when like the referee has marched out there 10 yeah. yards however yeah. many years ago and the player has like crept forward when he thinks the referee's not looking and the referee's had to come yeah. over. Mate, there is a line. There is nothing you can do here. You you cannot move that line. The line is there. What are you thinking? Like, so obvious to have your black boots across where that line is. It was almost like he misunderstood. Do I stand with my back on my boot on this line and I can be forward from here? Yeah, it, 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 it that's, was. That's, that's what it is. He was just trying to, he knew he was going to get a reprimand for it, but he didn't think he was going to get a, a booking. And yeah. that little reprimand, might have, the referee had to come across and point and talk to him and everything else. But we saw this. We saw this from like three minutes in when we had that little barrage in the first 10 minutes. About the third or fourth minute, you see there was a goal kick. And the goalkeeper, he's just taking his time. And I thought, here we go. They're starting already the time-wasting. And the, just, the, just all of them, rotational. Don't get me wrong. If we're beating Man City yeah. in five <laughs> yeah. weeks' time, we all know Ramsdale has got that in his locker to be the exact same. So I, I don't want to get too too critical of him, but you're right. They were they were doing it to a team and to end up with so little. Not um, in the third minute, Josh. Not in the third minute. No, it was weird. No, it? I, it I set did... the tone. You're right. It was it was unusual, but it's also like this is you know they've got the best defense in the league. They're so organized. They're third. They are. This is a you know, to give context of where they were 12 months ago and they're going for the Champions League, I, I, you know, by hook or crook, they're going to do everything they can to to make it. But it, it it was, it was negative. I guess that is a admission for where they see themselves, you know. Had they won, then suddenly you can start, well, how many points off top are they? But yeah, yeah they seem absolutely um, happy with a, happy with the but points. But they are going to take I, points off of a lot of teams. They're 100%. Oh, yeah. They are, yeah. you know, you wouldn't want to, I mean, apart from Man City, and Arsenal, I don't know that I see any of the other teams finishing above them the way they're, they're playing. I mean, look, United are in form now. Liverpool, you know, so inconsistent. And, you know, you, you wonder what's going on there. Mm. Tottenham are not showing great signs either at Chelsea. So you wonder if Newcastle really... I think, you, I think you'd back Newcastle to get in the Champions League. I did just want to give a bit of credit to Eddie Nketiah. I thought... Yes. Yes, there are moments I came away and I walked to the car yesterday and I was thinking, would Gabriel Jesus have won us the game today? And you go, maybe. Maybe he's got something a little bit extra special. But Eddie Nketiah, for the third game in a row, being asked to deputise, put in a very good performance. And he was, you know, he did carve his own opportunity that was one of the best opportunities he made all game. And, you know, it was a good save from Pope. And I thought his hold-up play and his, his willingness and energy to 
do everything that was kind of asked of him was really solid. It, it was another good, strong performance from Eddie. And ironically, he's the one that now needs a break for the FA Cup, you'd, you'd think, given that he's going to have to go and lead the line again against Tottenham. So, you know, you talk about the strength and depth. It'll be really interesting what we can do uh, at Oxford. Now, Oxford, of course, and not Nottingham Forest, but there was there was a warning sign last year when there was such a changed team in the FA Cup and how we how we really slipped yeah, up. Yeah, but so, um, he has to know, play. We, I think he has to play a changed team, doesn't he? I don't think oh, any... Oh, I think for sure. There's a difference between there's a difference between playing a, a completely different team when you're top of the league and yeah. you're in the middle of a load of fixtures and you have got very very weak squad. You know you you haven't you know you've got that. I think he's got to change the team massively against Oxford. Yeah. But I just wanted to make ask one thing about because Gary Neville made the I thought very interesting point about um, how we the way New, Newcastle were. I mean they did completely set out to stifle us. And you know they only had I think they had thirty three percent possession. We had sixty seven percent possession. Um, one shot on target. Blah blah. They just didn't. You know they just as we've established the way they the way they played. But Gary never made the point that we're going to face a lot of that. You know we're going to have every, you know because we are top of the league and we and we have such an attacking threat. We're going to face a lot of ten men behind the ball situations, deep blocks to to um, overcome. And he was saying that maybe Arteta needs to mix it up a bit and needs to have some different tactics because we did pretty much stick to like our tried and tested ways of attacking the team last night. And he was saying, you know, maybe Sinchenko should push up, really push up much further and, you know, maybe get involved in attacks much more. And he did a little bit towards the end, but I think he's right. I, I do think like in that, generally like we could, I think if Gabriel Jesus actually had played, I think his, kind of devilishness that he has, you know, when he, as soon as he's like gates in the penalty and all that would have helped, would have given us more likelihood of having more opportunities to win that game. Yeah, you're, you're right. I was watching the game last night and where it was so stifled and they, they was, they was, their, their defence was playing, well, it wasn't a high line because they was worried about the yeah. hole in behind, but there was times where, you know, where we were playing it across the park and there was just a little, little lift, a little chink over the edge just to make them run back towards their goalkeeper. Yeah. And there was a little hole there. And and Arsenal players, Enketia especially, was was coming off of the centre-back and then trying to run in behind again. And so was Chaka. And so was Saka. But the balls just weren't playing. And that's, I think, mm. sometimes, just sometimes turn them around, do something different. Yeah. A little thing, sling it in behind. So... It makes them think about something else, you know. And the same as Martinelli. First half, all he was doing was trying to come inside all the time. Go yeah. outside. Yeah. You've got, you got great benefit from going outside against Brighton three or four days ago. When you went outside, you, you slipped that goal in, you know. Sometimes yeah. you've got to just change it up a little bit. I mean, that was a good contest between Trippier and uh, both the fullbacks, really. It was a good contest. I mean... Saka had him on toast for a little while. Uh, Burn, what's, whatever he's, what's his name, that guy, the big left back? Yeah, Dan Burn. Dan, Dan Burn, Burn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had him on toast for the first 10 minutes. Well, then he? they doubled up, didn't they? Yeah, they, after they that. trebled up. That's trebled right. up, trebled yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah. But again, yeah. Even, even at that point there, they trebled up because Ben White was doing the overlap. Mm. When you're when you're trying to do the overlap or, or get, get into the final third, you're then bringing your player in with him. So yeah. sometimes I would like them to isolate them, leave them, go one against one, don't run in, 
Don't no midfield players go and try and join him and, and just leave them, isolate them one against one, let them have a go and see how they get on. And then, like you say, just mix it up a little bit. Mm. It's interesting because we started really well. I mean, we start every game now really, really well because Saka had that run in like the in, in about the second minute, which was amazing. And I think he put a pass to Odegaard who, who kicked it over. Um, and then there was another chance after that, I think maybe Martinelli soon after. We could have been 2-0 up in the first five minutes, you know. And, you know, again, so I think after that almost like the pattern was set and Newcastle kind of snapped into action and stopped our free-flowing movements. Um, but because up into, because it was interesting because in the Brighton game, I don't, did you see the stats for the Brighton game for um, possession? They had 68% possession. We had 32%. And we won that game 4-2. Obviously, we had like... 14 shots, seven on target. We kind of managed to dominate that game without actually having much possession. And I wonder whether, you know, it is easy, this team looks incredible on the break. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And I do want to acknowledge, because we didn't do a, a podcast after that game, that the Odegaard pass, you know, was one of the greatest moments in, in football history. <laughs> it was amazing. It, it, it was beautiful. It, it made you think of um, Burkamp at his absolute best of what he used to do to, to find a defence um, splitting past. And instead of us sort of going to the stadium yesterday and we were talking with a, a couple of my mates about the different titles that Arsenal have won in our lifetime and which is only, you know, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> has been a long time, 90, 19 years now we're waiting. But you think back to like how Freddie Lundberg and Robert Perez just found incredible form in a couple of seasons and the, their highlights reel was just like a joy to, to look back on. Uh, and you think of the moments that Freddie would find Dennis Burkamp. And, and there's a little bit of that about what Odegaard has managed to do this season. I know we're talking after the game where he was arguably nullified more, more than yeah. any other game, but there has just been such a joy about, about watching what he's been capable of doing. And he was trying it last night, still towards the end of you know, a chip pass. It just wasn't coming off yeah. last night. Well, so my question is... We have a really talented football, yeah, footballer just who's on, been yeah. huge. Just on Odegaard, I mean, he was brilliant in that Brighton game, wasn't he, Jeff? But as I think a lot of listeners know, out. Dan Baldwin in our WhatsApp group used to be on the podcast a lot. He's too busy now to come on. Um, he he's he's always been quite negative about Odegaard, and I think he probably now almost has to admit that he has come good. I mean, he's been pretty amazing all season. But the theory that some people, if you're giving hypercritical about him, is that he doesn't do it in the biggest games, and that you know he was he, he didn't he didn't have a great game against Newcastle, and that's been our biggest game for a long time. Do you think there's any truth in that, or is that being just overly harsh? No, I, I think that they, they target him because he's so good. They, mm. they target him. He is such a good player. He's an outstanding footballer, amazing talent. He's still very young. Obviously, he's been scored well, you know, at Real Madrid and, and wherever he was before. Uh, and we're going to see a lot more of him. But we are going to see a lot more of teams shut, trying to shut him down. But as we get better and we get better footballs on the pitch, that's okay because when they're concentrating on on Odegaard, we'll have other areas where we can we can concentrate on, like Saka and Martinelli. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think he played bad last night. I think he was still very, very influential in the game. And he was oh, trying. Yeah. And, but again, I'd like to say to you, there was a Rizzler paper in it. Some of them passes were just, uh, like you said earlier on, we were just a little bit off all the way, 
all the way through the game, they just, you know, the first touch wasn't right a few times. And the final pass, which if we you just get those games, don't you? But that's the pressure yeah. that comes with when you're up there fighting for Premier League title points. That's the pressure that we are going to have to deal with. And again, it's going to get worse. I've got news for you. As we go into the, the, the rest of the season, it's going to get tougher. And these young boys, that's why we, we mustn't expect too much from them. You know, I, I hope we don't, but we, we probably might slip up one or two times more along the way because we just oh, haven't sure. got that experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. Yeah, I think it was weird just with Odegaard. I think his game yesterday, it was almost like he was just a tiny little bit off the pace. There were quite a few times where he was about to, he got the ball and he was about to launch what hopefully would have been a brilliant defence fling pass. And they just, Newcastle players just nicked the ball off him. Literally just like, just nicked the ball off him before he could play that those passes. So it was almost like, I think they definitely did target him quite rightly because he has been so dangerous. And I think it worked. And I also thought he was inhibited by it a little bit. But uh, what I would say is we were, we, we, were, we were watching the game, me and Don, we were talking about how, how, um, Party, how brilliant party is and nipping, nicking the ball off, uh, regaining the ball, not losing it, just dominating that midfield. He is phenomenal. I thought he was one of our best players last night and he's been absolutely brilliant all season. Um, he just, compl- I, I don't think we've ever had a team that's been this good at rega- regaining possession when you lose it and just kind of finding ways to get the ball, just little tackles in midfield, which sometimes almost go unnoticed. This, we're so good at that. And he, I think, is genius at it, I have to say. Six second rule, isn't it? Six second rule, something like that. Pep used yeah. to give them. You need yeah. to win the ball back within six seconds. And but you can see, you know, uh, listen, we've had the invincible teams and all that. But this team now, you can see they are coached. Each yeah. and every one of the players, they all know what they've got to do, and they're getting more confident as each game goes along. Partey, you know, we know how good he was when when he first came in. His first couple of games, he was brilliant. But obviously, it was a new team to him. Now he's completely bedded in. He knows what other players around him are capable of. So and so, he hasn't got to worry about his first touch anymore and where he's going to play. He, he's deep. He's deep into it now. And now yeah. he looks like a top top class player. And all these boys, are, you know, we're still growing. So we've got. Hopefully, we've got a great future. But we do need to add because now is the time. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. Do you think we will, Josh? Do you hear any? Uh... Any rumours from your people in oh, the know? Doing, doing can... business. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I've got too much in the know at the moment other than there is a genuine intent to to do business. I, I think this uh, Mudrak situation is is unfortunately being played out in the media. And I think that's yeah. often down to the clubs you're, you're dealing with and how much they want to put into the public domain and the reasons they're doing that. And who knows what the truth is on, you know, today's developments with Chelsea supposedly being ready to um to pounce but what you've clearly got there is a, is a player who's who's done interview saying he wants to go which is not a surprise he's on his instagram watching arsenal and and you know he couldn't be flirting anymore with with the idea of coming to the club um the huge excitement about him but uh look he's a, he's a young player isn't he who's who's you know only made his international debut six months ago for for ukraine and he's like 21 so uh, you know there's huge pressure on him this is not buying someone who's you know done it at the top level for five years so 
Um, look, what yesterday proved to all of us is we, we need reinforcements. Yes, you can say Emil Smith-Rowe will hopefully be back soon and we all massively cross our fingers that he has still got the ability to have a huge impact and stay injury-free. Reese Nelson would have been getting a game yeah. off the bench, you presume, even a, a point yeah. last night. And then we've got Gabriel Jesus. We've just got to get through another, you know, four or five games and and he'll be back hopefully and, you know, bring everything that we know he can. So, yeah. Well, apparently we've we've um, recalled Miguel Aziz. Have you seen that? from? Uh... Yes, but I that's got vibes of like, there's another team in like, mm, let's say the championship to be kind to him who are ready to take him because he doesn't want to uh, play him. Okay. Uh, the Segunda League in in Spain, which is what he's been doing. What I am hoping for on Monday night, just moving forward to the Oxford Mm. game, I really hope Matt Smith plays for football for Arsenal. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I I think he is, you know, shortly to... to, I can't remember exactly where he is on the rank of Arsenal players that have sat on the bench and not had a minute of football. And we know he's got an FA Cup winner's medal. 22 years old. He's been, been at the club all the season, hasn't been out on loan. I hope he gets a game. Mm. And you um, spotted, we should say, you night. spotted on his uh, video, uh, his Instagram, that he had a menorah in the background, didn't he? Of his, no, that's uh, Matt Turner. Oh, God, um, sorry, you're right, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, oh, so, Matt Turner. Yeah, yeah. Matt Sorry. Turner will definitely play. You have to say um, our number two goalkeeper. Who, yes, it, very excitingly, um, in in certain WhatsApp groups I've got, which are you know, let's say, got more Jewish members of them than um, you know, percentage wise than other groups I'm in, were excited about the uh, menorah, uh, which is uh, what uh, Jewish people light on the festival of Hanukkah. So he had that and a and a Christmas tree um, yeah. and had the both. But we we did think that he is possibly the first ever Arsenal player to to light a menorah uh, on, on, on Hanukkah. So that, that's a bit of yeah. excitement. Um, I'm sure he'll play. He'll play, I'm sure. Okay. Although, yeah. you know, um, is there an opportunity... You know, Mikel Arteta did play high in the number three goalkeeper in the in the League Cup game against Brighton. So um, you don't know what he's going to do, but hopefully he plays Matt Turner. But you know, will we see Nwaneri, who of course we we saw in that in that game against uh, Brentford for a few Premier League minutes? The the young striker uh, Butler Oyedeji was on the bench yesterday. We've seen Kozia Jubri, who's a seventeen year old winger, on the bench as well. So there is uh, you know hopefully some young well, enders who. Are going to get their time on Monday night. Well, you, you know, the same old lot will play, though, won't it? You know, Turner, uh, Cedric, uh, Matt uh, Holding. Who else you but there's room here, Jeff, for a few to few. Yeah, of the definitely. Well. Yeah, yes, definitely. Hundred percent. He'll probably go with that kind of strong defence. He'll play, maybe play Tierney at left back. So you got your your back five there, and you you put you put a load of kids in there as well. Hey, listen, you know, if we have to. We're not going to. We're going to go out there and try and win the game, of course, right? Because it's the FA Cup, and we've got we're famous for the FA Cup. But listen, we can't put we can't put our big guns out because we've got too much to lose. It'd be absolutely it's crazy. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you will. I think that would be extraordinary. I I think there'll be like nine, ten, eleven changes. I really do for that Oxford game. I'll be surprised. I'd hope so. Yeah, we our, our youngsters have the best names, don't they? Amario Cozia Dubery, as you mentioned, um, Nathan Jerome Chatoya Butler Butler Oyadeji. They are fantastic. Just like really get you, you know, just kind of fantastic. Expensive vivid. though, back back of the shirt. It Spicy. is. 
Yeah, if anyone has um, Butler or Yadeji on the back of their shirt, I'd like to see it. I want to see that. Maybe I'll get it on the back of my shirt. I haven't put a if name on mine. If he plays and gets a goal on Monday, will you get his name on the back of a shirt? Yes, yes. If okay. he gets a goal, yeah, absolutely. I, I promise, yeah, I will, yeah. yeah. The only problem is a couple of goals for the good. Sorry, Jeff? Commentator's nightmare, though, I suppose. Yeah, completely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should say Oxford 14th in League One. Not, okay. not in any not in any great form. We should um, beat them at the moment. I'm I'm going down to this one. I'm looking forward to you going, Jeff. No, I'm not. A small allocation. I've missed the boat on it, mate. To be honest with you, uh, oh. very small allocation of tickets for that one. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm looking. I mean, rare to go to a new ground for watching Arsenal. I've, um, I've been. Well, is it a new stadium? I I, I watched Arsenal Oxford in. Might have, well, you know, I think they, I think that was in the, the old first division back in the day. Boy, you might, you might remember Oxford United. It rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, I've, bell. I've been there. I've been there once before. I think it's the Kassam Stadium, isn't it? Uh, yeah, opened in two thousand and one. Well, I have been stadium, there, yeah. uh, but not to obviously see Arsenal. So looking, looking forward to uh, to this one. We're quite lucky, aren't we? It's on Monday night as well, where, you know, so we've got quite a lot of, um, um, you know, time generally for the players to kind of, you know, um, you have some time off, basically. And we've got kind of nearly a week until the the dreaded Spurs game afterwards, um, the following weekend. So I think like, I mean, because I saw, I think, aren't Liverpool or Man United are playing on Friday, this Friday, I believe, in the FA Cup. So I think it could be worse. I think we're quite lucky. I think we need to kind of, you know, Celebrate the fact that our fixtures aren't too difficult to negotiate at this stage. I don't know why I slipped that little. We've got, we got two weeks off, of, or nearly two weeks. Or yeah, I mean, like some that. of the players exactly. Yeah, effectively could have two weeks off. Yeah, yeah. Smith Rowe, uh, Smith Rowe yes. might be back. Yeah, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Tommy Asu, he'll play. Yeah, I would imagine needs yeah. needs game time. And and Saka did well to avoid his potential missing of the North London derby. Had he got booked last night, so he avoided yes. that. Uh, we had a few players who could have. We had a few players who could have been um, suspended, didn't we? So, yeah, that was excellent. That was very good. We have been a bit fortunate along the way, haven't we? With with bits and pieces that have occurred, which normally go against us, that are seem to be the, the gods are in our favour at the moment, and hopefully it carries on. Like what you just said about Saka. I mean, and days gone by. We, we, we even in big games last year. I mean, the Man City game when we had. Chaka sent off and, and late goals and stuff like that. When we was all over and we should have won that game, uh, Tottenham uh, in in the big game where we we dropped out the box box uh, top four really, a uh, couple of catas- catastrophic um, decisions that went against us. But this time, hopefully the, the gods are with us at the moment and it continues that way. Yeah, I don't think they were that with us last night. It, it, but yeah, up until up until the um, Newcastle game. Um, I think we were, yeah, we yes. have been on a lucky yeah. streak. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So we should do predictions though um, for the Oxford game, even though we have no idea what team, what kind, what I mean, we roughly know what kind of team you'll play. But um, what do we think, Jeff? Uh, 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 nope. I'm I'm going to go two nil. I, I think it'll be a we'll, we'll keep a clean sheet. Two nil. Josh. Yeah, I'd say three one to Arsenal. Um and hopefully uh Cozier Jubri coming off the bench to notch his <laughs> first your, goal. To get to get your shirt. Yeah. I'm Which fully, shirt yeah. will you get? Will you get the home one, the away one, Boyd? 
Well, I've got one of the the black and gold away one. Okay, so we'll have yeah. to get the home one. Well, I could get it. You know, I could get it. Put it on the back of that one that I've already got. Yeah, well, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah no, I'd yeah, be, yeah, yeah. be happy to uh, to treat you to that if he does uh, come on and get his goal. That's uh, something to look forward to now for Monday night, especially. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm just reading here as I as I Google when the Kassam Stadium. Um, open that uh, it says here the car park at the stadium is limited as it is shared with the local view cinema and other attractions but a nearby overflow car park is ready to compensate for busier time so uh, I could go early go to the cinema and then go to the football just uh, next door apparently was that just car park news is that that's uh... a bit of car park news for everyone going to Oxford of which I, I like to think there's a few people listening going down to uh, to Oxford um yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a new feature. Instead of predictions, yeah. we could just do you, car park. You mentioned because in fact, it was the second mention of the car park because you'd mentioned before about how you went, you got to your car at, um, at the Emirates. Well, that wasn't in the park. No, I, okay. I, yeah, I, I can, I'm rotating where I'm parking around the Emirates at the moment. I could never quite work out if I'm doing it the right way because on the Holloway Road, it's only from seven o'clock yeah. that you can you can park there, and then you've got a dilemma if you're trying to be sociable before the game. That doesn't really work. You know, ended up parking basically next to Archway Station, which made for a, a long walk back to the car. But but there we go. You're on the bus board with listening to Five Live. Exactly. Exactly. Get a, get a scooter. I, I drive in with the wife on the back on my scooter and I park Holloway Road opposite Costa. Shouldn't be nice. too much away. I'll get me tired. I'll get me tired. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean like a, a motorcycle type scooter or one of oh, those of annoying electric, yeah. like no, literal, no, like one... kiddies scooters with no, your no, wife no, clinging no, on? No, 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 it's a scooter. And I'm not going to give any more information on what. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had visions of you on one of those fucking annoying scooters that people, <laughs> people would run you over on the pavement. Yeah. Did you give a prediction, Boyd? I didn't, no. Um, I think it will be. I think it will be two one to us, and uh, Nathan Butler, Nathan Jerome Chatoy Butler Deji will score the winner. Yes, I hope. Yeah, it's all about. Probably it's neither, all about of, neither of these players will play, but he's hoping. He's <laughs> yeah, hoping. It would just be nice to see Cedric and Rob holding. But um, yeah, there we go. There we go. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I I think we've been suitably upbeat, considering you know, a bit frustrating, but I think oh, yeah. suitably upbeat. Yeah. So. Yeah, completely. We, we move, as they say. And exactly. uh, let's hope Man City are dropping some points at Stamford Bridge tomorrow. Yeah, it'd be quite... Not, I mean, rooting for Chelsea, that's a weird position to be in, isn't it, Jeff? I mean... Yeah, not going to happen. I can't see that. I've, no? I've actually, I've, no, I think I've, I've, they'll probably go there and win 3 nil or something. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. You're probably right. You're probably They're right. They're in trouble. Oh, I don't think he sets his team up to defend as he potter. Um, no. So. No, we'll and Spurs are playing Crystal Palace tonight, aren't they? I mean, that could they be uh, Spurs yeah. have been absolute shit. Um, maybe I'm sure they'll turn it around against us. I'm sure they'll be much better against us, but we'll see. Okay, well, it's been brilliant to see you again, Jeff. Thank you. Great, great. Thank you very much for having me on. And thanks, Josh, as ever. And uh, see you in the car park. And uh, we'll be back next week after the Oxford game. Cheers. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show. Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.